sometimes if opportunity doesn't knock, you also have to build that door. But I want to say, you know, it's okay to feel as though things are rough and it's it's very normal, you know, embrace those feelings that feel dark sometimes, but don't get caught up in them and just know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I'm George Comedia and you're listening to First Watch. Today, we have another episode of our Spotlight series, where we shine a light on newcomers to cybersecurity. Some are right out of school, and some are entering from a different field. Our goal is to show that there's no singular path into the industry and hopefully highlight some ways that more people can enter the field. Today's guest is Mars Groves, an aspiring cybersecurity analyst who's taken an interesting path into cyber by way of writing and being a respiratory therapist. Mars, welcome to First Watch. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you having me here. Absolutely. Um, so for the benefit of our listeners, I was scrolling through LinkedIn as one does. Uh, and I can't remember who liked your post, but I remember seeing that you had passed um, a virtual testing certification. And so this was this when we were starting out with Spotlight, which is intended to highlight newcomers. So I reached out and thank you for um, engaging there. But I, it's a perfect place to start is um, to ask why don't you describe your journey into cyber? How did you fall into the interest? And then, you know, what steps have you taken to, to get where you are today? Let's start from the beginning of my childhood. I know it's going to be the uh, TLDR part, but this is the part where I share and give a little taste of who I am to the listener. Let's so do it. let's begin from the very beginning of my childhood. I was always a child who would take things apart just to see how it functions inside. You know, every time electronics would break, my five-year-old little self would just open them up and fix them. My mom thought that was a little unusual, but she found it interesting and decided, you know what, I should probably get this child their very first computer at such a young age. So from a young age, I already had a quote-unquote hacker mindset. The funny thing is, my obsession as a child growing up was this electronic typewriter that I had. <laughs> nice. All I wanted to do is just type stories I'd think of and just type, 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 type. I love that aside from, you know, video games on the Atari, Nintendo, and Sega Genesis consoles. 80s kid over here. And uh, the typewriter was probably my first love. But moving forward into time, um, I got really into computers. In fifth grade, I was advised by my teacher that I should pursue computers when I grow up. I didn't think much of it, but she really thought I would have done well in that field for whatever reason. Every time there was parent-teacher conferences, she would try to plant that seed in me that I should do computers when I grow up. <laughs> I still didn't think very much of it. A few years later, I was placed in this MESA program by my science teacher for whatever reason, and MESA stands for Mathematics Engineering Science Achievement. Anyway, I ended up competing for, with them uh, in a speech competition against other schools in my district at the time and later the state since I was part of the program. And I remember I shockingly won first place in the finals. And guess what my topic was? Computer microchips. <laughs> nice. The funny thing is I still didn't think about pursuing computers at all. Growing up, I only cared about pursuing music production and sound engineering for the most part, even film. So the creative arts were like my primer in life before I started 
painting over that primer with other things mm-hmm. like healthcare knowledge and later cybersecurity. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I'll get into that. So after uh, high school, um, so I, I grew up being raised by a strong single Filipino woman, an immigrant, and uh, she was a widow when I was uh, a young child. And in our culture, it is pretty much mandatory. If you've seen Joe Coy, the comedian, uh, you'll know this very well, especially if you're Filipino, that pretty much every single Filipino mom on this earth wants you to become a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so I did get the, I want you to become a nurse. And it's like, no, I don't want to be a nurse. <laughs> and it just kept getting drilled inside my head. And I was like, okay, you know what? The closest thing that I would get to becoming a nurse and making my mother proud because, you know, a lot of uh, um, children of uh, Asian parents really try to do their best to please their parents. Um, my way of appeasing her was just saying, you know what, I'll, I'll become a respiratory therapist. That's as close as you are getting to <laughs> me becoming a nurse. Because <laughs> I heard about it from a friend. It's like, you know what, why don't you become an RT? I heard about it. I was like, you know what? I have asthma and I think this would be interesting. I can deal with this. So I ended up doing that. And um, I actually enjoyed working on the floor as an RT because I got to help people and connect with, you know, my team, patients and their families. So I I really do enjoy dealing with people. That aspect was wonderful. So how the hell did I get into cybersecurity? Well, this is where the pivot happened. And during the onset of the pandemic, uh, at the same time that, you know, everything was going on, um, I thought I was just gaining a lot of weight from working a really weird schedule, like shifting mm-hmm. between days and nights. I was like, you know, maybe I'm just getting older. Tablets is kicking in. I had friends telling me, nurse friends telling me like, you shouldn't be working uh, those crazy hours, night shifts and all that stuff. It's, it's going to take a toll on your health. So I thought, okay, maybe this is just weight gain, whatever. Turns out I started getting these other weird symptoms, had end up, you know, getting seen, you know, ER and stuff. And I had a uh, 15 pound mass in my abdomen show up on the uh, CAT scans and stuff. Oh, wow. So ended up having to need an operation during the beginning of the pandemic. And I was worried I wasn't going to get the operation on time, mm-hmm. but they, you know, said, you know, this might be cancerous. So we're going to move you up at the top of the list to get that operation. So I had that done. It was pretty much a kind of a big wake up call. Cause if you know me, which obviously listeners don't, I have some <clears throat> really uh, irrational medical phobias. <laughs> okay. And one of them is like taking medication and the thought of being under the knife was really terrifying for me. So when that happened, it was like everything just just opened up inside my head. Like after I came out of it, I was like, wow, I survived it. I'm alive. Turns out it was benign. So, so thankful. And during that recovery, I said, you know what? I think I want to start going for what I really want to do. Because a year prior to that, um, a friend or my brother's best friend, his father was talking about cybersecurity, having a shortage and how it's definitely Mm -hmm. a field you may want to get into. But I didn't know that cybersecurity uh, existed, which is funny because when I was a teenager, 
I was a script kitty. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did uh, give the blue, the blue screen of death to my friends and then told them, like, this is what you do to bring back your computers and brute forcing into those AOL mis- instant messenger accounts just yeah. messing around with. <laughs> so I already had that uh, that past history of, you know, liking the whole hacker uh, scene. But I didn't know that that was what cybersecurity covered. I didn't even know cybersecurity was a term that existed. So when I heard about that, it did plant the seed. And during my recovery, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to look into this. And when I looked more into it, I was like, wow, I want to do this. This is amazing. There's a lot of different uh, specialties you can get into. And I have the kind of brain that just likes to, you know, pick up many different things and, learn a lot because I'm just very curious. So uh, my interests are varied and sometimes they don't seem related to each other. But like uh, Miyamoto Musashi said um, in one of the, uh, in his book of Five Rings, in this one particular interpretation by Stephen Kaufman, Ahaji Tenton, Musashi said, to learn the sword, study the guitar. To learn the fist, study commerce. To only study the sword will make you narrow-minded and will keep you from growing outward. So even though I have these different varied interests, in mm-hmm. some ways, I know that they will connect in terms of how my perception is when I view like a problem in cybersecurity or come up with a solution. So anyway, back to uh, the recovery. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, so I decided during that time that I was going to pursue cybersecurity, so I started looking into boot camps, and I found a cybersecurity boot camp uh, nearby at uh, UC Irvine. I said, you know what, got some money saved up. I'm going to just go ahead and go for it. So I did it. I loved it. I was thrilled. And then towards the end, I said, hey, I think I should, you know, start volunteering and uh so I started volunteering when I reached out to first, you know, I had to reach out to different people on LinkedIn. Let me just say that uh, fortune favors the bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have me, to put yourself can I, can I out there. Stop you right there for one second. What, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think was the, uh, the volunteer route is interesting to me. What do you think was the, the, the part of your thought process that was like, okay, boot camp, I should volunteer. Cause I haven't heard that a lot. It usually feels like boot camp goes straight to job application. What, how did you come to that, um, that approach? So my thought process was that, okay, I am probably going to have some difficulty getting into um, the industry because I don't have a bachelor's degree at that time. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, what can I do? that will help me learn and also provide value in return as a win-win situation. So I said, you know, I think volunteering is an excellent way of doing that. And as someone who loves, you know, servicing others and giving to communities, it, it just sit right with me. That's so cool. I started deciding I'm just going to reach out to just random people, just this nobody, no one knows. I don't care if I look silly. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to be vulnerable when you put yourself out there. So yeah. I did that. And someone actually responded because they had this uh, cybersecurity publication. Uh, 
that accept volunteer sectors. Um, he said, hey, you know, why don't you come and join us and uh, start from there? So I was like, excellent. But you know, it's funny. Uh, he kept forgetting to set up a meeting with me. <laughs> <laughs> so it took like a few months for him to finally say, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I totally slipped my mind and, you know, traveling, spending time with my girlfriend, so on and so forth. And then finally, you know, he put me on uh, their little slack and allowed me to start writing articles, which also goes back to the idea that sometimes you have to knock more than once. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because <laughs> you never know when you have an interview or you talk to someone, sometimes they really are genuinely forgetful that they're supposed to reach out to you. And it doesn't hurt to say, hey, you know, here's a little nudge. Um, look at me. Can you take a look at this or yeah, whatever? Yeah. So I did that and um, was being persistent about it and ended up, you know, starting to get my feet wet, writing articles and posting and stuff. And that actually ended up opening up doors because he was like, you know what? You know, I like your writing. Uh, why don't um, why don't you come, you know, join the startup? A cybersecurity startup, a web gap that specializes in a browser isolation. I said, that'd be perfect. Like I, I want to learn as much as I can because I'm new. So I was uh, put on and uh, I was very fortunate that I had a mentorship from the CISO there because it was a very small startup and I got to learn what it's like as a cybersecurity analyst at the same time, because it was a startup, I had kind of a unique experience in uh, the fact that I got to wear many hats as well and learn how that cybersecurity startup business ran from operations to investor relations. Yeah, I did a lot of cold calling too uh, and uh, sales support. So I, I really got to have this full scope view of how these cybersecurity companies are from, you know, like a bird's eye view where I got to see everything and how they all connect. At the same time, I was getting, you know, this security knowledge that I needed as, you know, a baby cybersecurity professional. <laughs> That's good. And yeah. yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. So but I think it's like also full circle, right? Because you love the typewriter and then you come back <laughs> around to, to writing about cybersecurity for sure. Um, where, what do you think about the future now that you've, you've sort of gotten your feet in? Do you have aspirations for any particular domain? Is it threat intel, threat hunting, uh, cloud architecture? Is there anything that has struck your fancy yet or are you still on the journey? So uh, interestingly, uh, since I have a very fluid mind, I am pretty open-minded to different possibilities because there may be some kind of domain that I don't realize I may be good at or I mm -hmm. may like because yeah. I haven't tried everything yet. But right now in this particular moment, I do have aspirations. In fact, I'm pursuing my bachelor's degree in cybersecurity right now as we speak. And uh, I've been thinking about how I want to do something like down the line, something along the lines of uh, working with banking, like dealing with uh, cybercrime and, and mm -hmm. financial fraud. I think that's something I really want to get into. 
um, especially after seeing how much impact these uh, cyber criminals have caused on like friends and families' lives um, that are close to me. Um, for yeah, example. you know the headlines yeah. are always of the big breaches or the ransomware attacks, but the vast majority, sort of the underside of that iceberg, yeah. is just fraud committed against uh, average people, and it's incredibly difficult to recover those funds as an individual. You're not J.P. Morgan, you're not Bank of America yeah. working with the FBI. You're a single person who either fell for a scam or someone just skimmed your credit card. Yeah, it is awful, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, especially now that we are starting to adopt more of the blockchain and mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, I'm seeing a lot of people getting pulled into these crypto scams. And I think that's another niche that I may want to get into the whole, you know, analyzing, you know, blockchains and figuring out who was behind these scams and, you know, how did they exploit a vulnerability on your browser or your wallet? Um, those things really interest me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really crazy because a lot of people don't really think about, you know, the people aspect, the human factor of Mm -hmm. these lives are being impacted. You know, I had, um, a friend, a really good friend of mine who is, he's brilliant. Um, he was a victim of, uh, a cyber criminals, little social engineering scheme, um, that took $40,000 from him. Ugh. And this is how it happened. It, it's crazy how it happened. Like these uh, cyber criminals are becoming very, very creative. Um, so he f- had um, a law firm that, or he hired a lawyer that was going to help him with some complex transactions, like in a foreign country and regarding property. Anyway, long story short, some social engineer um, was able to pose as his lawyer, sounded just like him, acted like him, talked like him, messaged him like him, and convinced him to wire 40K to him. He thought it was his actual attorney. Turns out yeah. it wasn't. It's like, wow. Yeah, he it's told like, me, a- like, I felt robbed. I felt exploited. I was like, you know, you're giving me even more ammo to want to get into the cybercrime aspect, um, whether it's, you know, on the defense security or uh, offensive, who knows, but I just know that that's an area that I definitely want to get into. Well, that's great. That's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, social engineering weaponizes the innate human predilection for trust. I mean, we're a, a primate social species, right? And and we don't get very far if we don't trust those around us and, and, uh, and they exactly. weaponize that. But, I, you know, it strikes me when I hear your story that a key part was this, you, I wrote down here, encouragement. You had constant encouragement. You had people who recognized, you know, an ability, a capacity, a talent or something, a curiosity, um, whether it was the, the teachers back in the day a CISO at the startup. Um, I'm curious to know and understand, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, even though you didn't, you didn't take the on-ramp onto cyber until later, you know, what would you say to somebody else who's just getting started on their journey with respect to, you know, either seeking out that encouragement or maybe listening to that voice or what, what tips have you learned along the way? I mean, I think volunteering is, 
a good one because I don't hear it often, but I'm curious if you have any more uh, tips or tricks that you would advise someone coming up right behind you. Well, first I want to say that um, I don't have all the answers, but there's one thing that I truly firmly believe in. And I think it's something that really has a lot to do with your mindset that's going to help you, especially during tough times when you feel like there's not that much hope, but it's really these three words, never give up, never give up. Word. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because it really makes a difference between the person that keeps trying, doesn't give up, and finally makes it, as opposed to someone, no matter how brilliant they are, no matter how skillful you are, if you give up, you're just going to set yourself back. So, you know, I know this is probably um, cliche, but you probably heard of this uh, biblical verse. I, I am Buddhist, but I really do appreciate this biblical verse from Matthew 17, 20, I think, when he said that, uh, or I guess it was Jesus that said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I remember someone mentioned that line to me once and told me, it was during a time that I was going through some difficulties. And that actually really stuck with me when I thought like, wow, you can have like very, very tiny, tiny, mm -hmm. tiny faith that, you know, something miraculous could happen or something will change or something's finally going to break open and you'll finally get to that point where you want to be. But that's kind of how, how life is, right? If you recently saw like the, uh, the most recent photograph of the universe, right? You get to see that the earth is so tiny, like this little mustard seed. <laughs> That's right. That's and a good like analogy. this big ass multiverse, universe, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, wow, we're here as a miracle. So it's like, okay, this is what we are built for to, to create miracles. And it's all mental, mind over matter. But so I want to say to listeners that are listening, because I'm I'm also in that boat. Like I'm still trying, and I'm not gonna give up. Um, just just don't give up. Just keep trying. If you need support from others, um, you know, seek that out. If you want to talk to me, go ahead. You know, I love rooting for people. I love supporting others on their journey, whatever it is that they want to pursue in life. You know, you can always reach out to me. Um, in fact, I. I'm planning to have some like educational content up on my website that's just getting started. I'll probably have some like blogs, news up, um, primarily for those that are getting started like myself. So you can share that journey. So um, look out for it um, in the next coming months on marsgrobes.com. Uh, you can also follow me if you need a cybersecurity buddy. I'm there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at marsgrobes and same thing under my LinkedIn same name. It's easy to find me, <laughs> but I think it's really important for people to stick together, especially when times are rough and, you know, we're in a recession and people feel like, well, everything is closed on me. There's no mm -hmm. open door, but Hey, you know, like sometimes if opportunity doesn't knock, you also have to build that door. But I want to say, you know, it's okay to feel, uh, 
it's okay to feel as though things are rough and it's it's very normal you know embrace those feelings that feel dark sometimes but don't get caught up in them and just know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel and that's all i have to say for now yeah well that is a perfect place to end um appreciate you taking the time to to share your journey appreciate you taking the time to share the resources and to put yourself out there as a, as a cyber buddy. Um, and we'll be sure to, to put that uh, website in the show notes as well. So Mars, thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you for uh, bringing me on here. It's great what you are doing for others in the cybersecurity field who are new and uh, we appreciate you. Thanks George. That's it for First Watch today. A big thanks to my guest, Mars Groves. You can follow Mars at marsgroves.com and find Mars on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll have handles in the show notes. First Watch is a production of Safeguard Cyber with original music by Matias Safaletti. Subscribe to First Watch wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stay strong.